Christian School Management wants to partner with your Christian school, bringing hope. Since 2017, we have provided advice and counsel to hundreds of Christian schools. Our consultants, books, surveys, and online trustee training are Christian, research-based, and represent over 400 years of experience. Are you struggling? Our mission is to bring prosperity. Are you strong and growing? Our mission is to deepen your leadership and stewardship. Go to Christian School Management and find out more. Entheos is our free advice and counsel letter that is read by over 1,100 Christian school leaders a week. Go to christianschoolmanagement.org and sign up your leadership team. For Jesus, through mission, with students. Let CSM partner with you. The Babyface Pro FS, the last portable interface you'll ever need. Meet the world's most versatile, portable, and expandable audio interface that delivers the best audio quality wherever your creative journey takes you. The second generation of the Babyface Pro improves all elements again. Sound quality, mic pre's, instrument inputs, lowest noise, headphone IEM outs, and ultra-low latency. All RME elements are industry-leading representatives of its kind. Visit rme-usa.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Julie Roy is our special guest, investigative journalist. Oh, we're going to learn a lot about what goes on in the church behind the scenes and bringing darkness into light. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. Good to be with you. Our sponsors, with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north america.bayerdynamic.com Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit Realtraps.com. This is a subject in investigative journalism in Christian circles. We're talking about maybe the church or publishing or what have you and a lot of people don't want to go there because there's a lot happening there when you have money and power and you know and you're keeping everyone on the up and up and uh, there's edification here there's accountability what an amazing call you have but tell us a little bit about you and your podcast and even radio program sure i started out actually in journalism doing just secular news. Uh, worked for WGN TV here in Chicago, worked for CBS affiliate in Fort Wayne, did some print reporting as well, uh, and then took about 13 years off. Uh, I remember hearing on Moody Radio in Chicago, that's the big flagships here in Chicago for the Moody Bible oh, yeah. Institute, but it, you know, Radio Network has, they were looking for part-time radio hosts. And I'm like, well, mm. I've done, done journalism in the past, but Ah, talk radio, that sounds fun. I think I could do that. So I remember I came in, I had this whole spiel developed that I was like, okay, I've been out of it for 13 years. This is why I think I'd be good at this. And right. I just remember at the end, they were like, oh yeah, that makes a really good point. And I was kind of like, 
you know, shots. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> wow. So I ended up at MBI for about 10 years. And it was wow. really, it was during that time that I discovered what a friend of mine, actually, Sky Jathani, who's an author and uh, also used to work for Christianity Today, but he coined this term called the evangelical industrial complex. Mm. And that's what I saw there. And it could be a beautiful thing where you have, you know, different ministries partnering together and publishing and uh, Christian organizations and uh, celebrities and, you know, authors and figures all working together synergistically to extend the kingdom of God. I mean, it could be a good thing. Right. Um, and that's certainly how it was presented at Moody, you know, all of our, our ministry partners. But what I saw was a lot of protecting each other behind the scenes. And when somebody does something wrong, there was a protection for that wrongdoing because they're our friend. That just didn't seem biblical to me. I mean, Scripture says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so to make a very long story short, I learned of things like the president at MBI uh, taking a half a million dollar loan to buy a million dollar condo, which is wow. dealing and has real problems with the IRS. I learned of 30 to 40 professors who had submitted complaints to the complaint committee that when they complained about uh, mission drift at the school that they got punished instead of oh my the, goodness. the people who were involved in the mission drift. The chairman of Tip the board. Tip of the iceberg, probably. Oh probably gosh. a lot more. That's so much more. And it, actually, after I blew the whistle, so I published on this thinking it would be career suicide, right? I get how it works. You get blacklisted. Right. You don't go up against the Moody Bible Institute and still be standing. So I published the three top officers uh, stepped down, resigned or retired. Uh, within 24 hours of me publishing, but I got fired because you just don't do that. You know, you keep the peace, you you do everything behind the scenes. And even if behind the scenes, you find out that the board's complicit with the wrongdoing of the executives, you just kind of keep that to yourself. So I was fine with that. I thought I would just drift away into the sunset and mm. go back to being a uh, you know, stay-at-home mom. And I You found your man. life's work. <laughs> There's a lot more work out there. <laughs> oh, and then people just started coming to me saying, you know, our next one right after that were people from Harvest Bible Chapel saying, would you investigate James McDonald and what he's doing? Oh. And, you know, that investigation led to the removal of James McDonald and the entire elder board from Harvest Bible Chapel. And that was a huge story. But then after that happened, then it just it just snowballed. Like mm. uh, person after person found that there was no recourse. Like if you go internally to complain about wrongdoing, usually you get gaslit. You become the problem instead right. of the problem being the problem. And so, so many people just kept coming to us and we just, we tried to just be faithful with these stories, just report mm -hmm. on it and do what the Lord had called us to do. And that led to us launching then what was a, my own personal blog became the Roy's Report. And we have now a number of different professional uh, journalists working and for us and we're publishing every day, restoring the truth or reporting the truth, restoring the church is our tagline. We do a, a conference where we bring people who have been victims of church hurt or abuse within the wow. church together and, and leaders to learn about how to create healthy environments uh, in the church. And it's really just been a remarkable ride, Michael, that I never expected to be on, but I'm just trying to be faithful uh, with what God's given me. And uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we're having incredible impact that I just could never yes. have imagined even five years ago. Yes. Plus, Julie, they're afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that. I have heard that. I mean, they're terrified. <laughs> they're ter I mean, This is an amazing thing, though, because when you think about it, I mean, you put Christian investigative journalism, your name pops up, number one. You know, that's mm -hmm. a Julie Royce. So my guess on this is that people are afraid to do this type of work, you know, to have the courage. I know that's a word you mentioned a lot. It does take courage to step forward. What is at stake here? 
for these people who, you know, they're getting a lot of money and mm -hmm. Christian ministry or publishing, and they think there's no accountability. And how do you get in there and do your work? Because you almost, I mean, uh, Washington should hire you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I think some people think that, like, I magically can find things. I really, for every story I do, Michael, it's been people, sources that have been on the inside who come to me. Mm. And they bring me information. I can't do anything without them. Like, with the exception of sometimes there's primary documents that you can find. There's sometimes things publicly out there. There's lawsuits or there's, you know, uh, IRS 990s or you find leaked documents. I mean, this happens where you're able to dig and find some things through documentation. But primarily, my sources are the people that were the on the inside. They were, you know, the former pastors, the former elders at these abusive or corrupt churches. Um, they're former trustees, former staff, former employees, good friends who found this out and tried to hold people accountable and then, and then got it turned back on them. It's almost always, it's cultivating those sources and right. it's a trust, trust relationship. I think because so much of Christian media is just public relations, right? They just, they, <laughs> their advertisers are all in the Christian community, right? It's this whole evangelical industrial complex. They're funded by the organizations they're reporting on. I mean, that's an inherent co conflict. Of yeah, interest. no kidding. So the Roy's report, we're completely grassroots funded. We only survive because people like you and who are listening now decide, dang, I want that to exist. Mm -hmm. I, I want that to be furthered. And they get behind us and they they support us with their finances. And that's, that's how we do it. And so I'm beholden to nobody except for the public interest. I'm beholden to you. You're the one that I'm beholden to before God, you know, right? That's right. But I don't, I don't have a conflict of interest with reporting on these people. I mean, it used to be, I remember when I did blow the whistle on Moody and somebody said to me who was really connected at Moody and, you know, ran his own ministry. And he said, you know, it doesn't go well for people who blow the whistle. And I'm like, there's probably um, someone yeah. who says God loves you. And, you know, on a, oh, on a, on a radio it's, ministry and saying the most beautiful things. And then once the mic is off, Julie, you better watch yourself. <laughs> it's exactly what they do. And it's yeah. this intimidation. You're going to get blacklisted. And I'm like, go ahead, make my day. I, I really didn't care. And mm. it takes a certain amount. I, I, when you say what's at risk for the source, what's at risk is your reputation, often your livelihood. Um, and I was in a unique position where, you know, I'm married. My, my husband uh, is a retired public school teacher, although he's teaching now in the private schools. But I mean, I was in a situation where I wasn't fearing for my livelihood, but at the same time, I had worked really hard. You know, I'd just published a book, was was on all of these, you know, podcasts, and I was speaking, ironically, I was scheduled to speak at this big women's conference that Harvest Bible Chapel was putting on when I found out all the bad stuff that was going on there. Um, but these were all the, the, the big breaks. I mean, my career was taking off as a Christian celebrity. And honestly, it just disgusted me. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't stomach it anymore. Mm. But I think so often that's why this is happening because the sources, it takes, I mean, the courage is the source. They're the ones that are on the line. I always say to them, unless you're, the one exception is you're, if you're a victim of sexual abuse, I don't publish names right. of, you know, people who've been sexually abused because of the nature of the crime. That's an industry-wide standard among journalists. But other than that, pretty much you've got to go on the record with your name. And I've got to attribute what you tell me to you by name. And, you know, it weeds out a lot of people that want to just like smear somebody because now they're putting their name on it and they're coming forward. And that takes courage. There's pushback and people lose jobs and all of this. That's what we have to be willing to do to tell the truth and to trust that God will That's take right. care of us. And on the other side of it, you've got millions of dollars at stake. 
Like when I reported on Ravi Zacharias, we were the first news or organization. There were other bloggers that had had put some information out there, but we were the first news organization that actually reported on the sexual abuse that Ravi Zacharias had been involved in. That organization. Were, millions of people knew him, and people took pictures. Celebrities or pastors, and and then afterwards, I never never liked the guy anyway. You know, <laughs> they start saying <laughs> things like that, and meanwhile, they did conferences together and all that. Hold on, just a quick moment. I want you to get back to your story, of course. And we're with Julie mm -hmm. Roy's, a Christian investigative journalist, The Roy's Report, a Christian media outlet reporting the unvarnished truth about what's happening in the Christian community, so the church can be reformed and restored. We'll be right back after this. Real trap is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Our clients include famous mixing and mastering engineers, corporations, and even a research lab at MIT. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic Acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit realtraps.com. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, we're back with Julie Roy's, and it's the Roy's Report, which is a Christian media outlet. So, you know, usually people in church, if they've been wronged, and there are a lot of uh, scar tissue, or people have been hurt in the church, uh, abuse and so forth, the uh, scandals, and uh, Julie gives people a voice. People have been hurt, people who, uh, you know, there's a lot of darkness going on in the church, uh, surprisingly, but it's, or maybe unsurprisingly, and uh, she is able to name names. <laughs> She's able to tell people, uh, you know, this is not right. And when, Julie, can I ask you, you know, people, I know they think, surprisingly, when they, there's a lot of power when people get up in the pulpit, per se, or are you surprised that people think they're above God's word and they think they're untouchable until you come along? Well, that's true. They they do think they're untouchable and they think they're, they have lived for so long as king of their own domain, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they really have that I think their view of reality often does get distorted. Like I think back at James McDonald uh, actually filed a lawsuit against me before I even published. Mm. Um, and that became his undoing because now I had subpoena power, which for like a journalist is like Christmas come early. So, I mean, I knew where all the, where all the bodies were buried. So it was just uh. a matter of then subpoenaing the people and they had to give me the stuff. Like usually as a journalist, you know, you, you have to have people just willing to volunteer this information to you. But in this case, I had subpoena power and I had people that wanted to say things, but they wanted me to force them to say it so that they weren't responsible, you know, <laughs> it's right. like, well, you know, I had to do this. But yeah, I thought at the time, like, this was the stupidest thing that James McDonald could have done is sue me. But I think he lived, and a lot of people told him that, but he lived in this alternate reality where he was so powerful and he could bully everybody around him. And he thought he could bully the world. And it really was a wake-up call to him when we started publishing and the truth started coming out. Mm -hmm. and he couldn't undo the right. narrative. Like the narrative Not bigger than the truth. Not bigger than the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I did want to say, though, like it, this, these organizations like Harvest Bible Chapel or RZIM, 30 to $40 million organizations that have zero oversight, Michael. 
Zero. Like if you're a secular nonprofit, you have to file a 990 and report where your top wage earners are getting paid. You have to report if there's any um, interested dealings, you know, within your, your finances of your organization. But if you're a church, if you're a religious nonprofit, which now so many of these organizations are, are filing with the IRS to be classified as churches, there's no zero accountability. It's shocking when you when you understand the amount of money. We're talking tens of millions mm -hmm. of dollars. And you know, people have been killed for less. So I mean it, it's well I was gonna ask you that have you ever had any, you know, I don't even want to say that, you know, the death threats or anything. Lots of threats. Uh, there have been death threats, but usually it's just a little more not outright death threat because just I mean threats. you can go to jail for that. <laughs> it's yeah. bad enough, yeah. but we pray against any harm in the name of Jesus. I just want to say that. We need you, Julie. We need you. And and I was going to say that, you know, when things get pressure and uh, these people all of a sudden uh, sin in ministry, again, it could be publishers or it could be uh, pastors, when the pressure is on them, what's what's amazing is they don't turn to the Word of God. Now, you brought up an example that Dr. James McDonald, he ended up suing you instead of getting with his Christian sister, where the Lord says, don't sue the other person and you know, let's work it out. Are you surprised all of a sudden the Bible is, you know, it's something they've made a living at, something they preach at, but when the pressure got too great and they don't turn to it to, to edify, it becomes, uh, you know, worse than a, a non-believer. It is worse than a non-believer because what they've been doing for years and years, even though it, they may be teaching orthodox doctrine in many respects, but I've yet to find hardly one of these pastors that's been turned out to be abusive or corrupt, that he didn't use scripture to manipulate. Mm. He used it abusively. There's so much preaching these days on slander and gossip and all these things, which which never is really uh, outlined what that is. And so whenever anybody tries to blow the whistle, they've been groomed not to blow the whistle. They've been groomed to stay quiet because if they do, the instead of the person who's doing the wrongdoing feeling shame, they shame the person who's calling it out, right? Mm -hmm. And they use scripture to do it. And they've been doing this a really, really long time. So you don't end up in the situation that so many of these pastors are in or Christian leaders overnight. You've been doing it for a very, very right. long time. And Michael, I'm sad to say, you know, even with to me, the story that I probably had the most documentation firsthand, uh, I had letters, I had emails, I had video, was on John MacArthur and the way that he had shamed and abused these uh, women who had been sexually wow. abused themselves or their kids had been abused and they simply wouldn't take back their husbands who had strangled, tried to strangle their own children. I mean, the stories are horrific. And I had all the documentation there. And yet he still in his church. He's still on Salem radio, on a bunch of these radio networks, these Christian radio networks. He has not been held accountable. Even mm. Christianity Today did a follow-up story affirming all of my reporting, all of it, and he's still there. I mean, the, the bottom line is we love our idols more than we love them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. People become fanboys, you know, and they say, well, oh, I love that sermon. They can't uh, they can't disassociate. And, and after a while, I guess the worst thing is the truth of Jesus becomes well, not as important after all uh, to, as the, the people who maybe touched them or made them feel a certain way. Or, but I mean, no one is above the truth. And, and I think that's what you see, like a deck of cards coming down. And thank God, thank God that nobody's uh, above the truth, you know, and you get to see the God's power in action. And do you have support, though? I mean, I know there are a lot of people that want to tell the truth about what happens in the dark areas of the church where there's sin. But are there other investigative journalists that come together or is there a support group or what is there? 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say my main support is from my board and is from the survivor community, which mm -hmm. has been amazing. I mean, just absolutely amazing. And and that's where I would say that the core of my support is from. At the same time, I would say Christianity Today, the, the new CEO, I did not have friends at CT under Mark Galley. Um, I do now. Uh, Tim Dalrymple, I feel, has really turned a corner. And I think if it hadn't been for Tim, CT wouldn't have done its stories on Ravi Zacharias. But I believe there there is some collegial support there, and I know you know Bob Smith Smithana over at uh, RNS. Uh, he's I consider him a friend and a colleague. Um, there's a number of, of different reporters in there, but at the same time, I think sometimes uh, there's not as much support as there should be. Mm, yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Hmm. Because we're doing something that's unique mm -hmm. that should have been done by them a long time yeah. ago. They're, they're probably like, mm, let me just see how it goes first <laughs> before all this stuff comes down. And you're the one who, you know, opens up the, the door. You know how like magicians, they're not allowed to tell people what they do or how they do it. But I'm sure people ask you all the time, how do you do it? How do you how do you break stories? If you can answer that or, or is that part of like a magician's trick? It's not magic. It's good old fashioned reporting. Mm -hmm. it's, it's following up on sources. It's getting them to go on the record and recording their stories. It's asking, is there anyone who can corroborate your story? Do you have any documentation to corroborate this? It's continuing to follow up. It's going to uh, the accused and asking for their side of the story. And if they can produce anything proving their side of the story, I mean, it's just good old fashioned reporting and investigating. But I think, and this is where I think it, we, we've done something unique, is that we have established ourselves as somebody who can be trusted mm -hmm. with this information. I, I think too often the abused person, the vulnerable, has learned that to speak up only is inviting abuse. Mm. But when they really believe that they're going to get a fair shake and someone's going to actually listen to their story and somebody's going to actually follow up on the information that they give, I think that trust relationship and establishing that trust, and I think, I think we've done that with our track record, that we get to the, the bottom of the story, there's not a single story we've done, not a single story that's been shown to be false. Um, in fact, the opposite has been true, and that we've often broken stories that, again, other bigger news organizations then have followed up and, and affirmed everything we did, like story we, we produced on Nagme Panahi, who was um, Saeed Abedini's wife. Saeed was the, the pastor who was in prison in Iran and, and got released because of the right. Save Saeed movement. We published her story on how she had been abused by Saeed, and when she tried to come out, people like Franklin Graham pressured her to take her abusive husband back into her home. Someone who had, who had wow. beat her so bad, she had to escape into a bathroom mm. with welts all over her head and, mm. and, and shut that door, you know, lock that door to keep her from being killed by this man who had been betrayed by terrorists. I mean, it, it was a shocking story, but after we published it about a, nine months to a year later, the Washington Post published the whole story. It was exactly what we had published, affirming wow. everything that we had done. And so it was like, yeah, they didn't forget. Um, and they did the story, but it affirmed what we've done. And so I think that track record and knowing that people will listen, the secular press doesn't usually care very much about religion stories. Uh, so they're not that interested. And a lot of the Christian media is afraid to touch it because it impacts their bottom line. Ching, ching. Advertising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, this is, it, it's great that this is your calling though. I mean, the fact that, and people are relying on you, you know, counting on you 
to be able to do this. And the edification of it all is very important. Once again, nobody's above the truth. Jesus is all that matters and uh, not keeping the bottom line. But I was going to ask you, uh, excuse me, when you turn to the scriptures, of course, you read about the Pharisees. How much are you able to see that religious establishment and how it echoes today with, again, Christian publishing? Or you can mention how many areas of Christianity where people are making lots of money. you, You probably see it all the time. And then the other question, are you ever surprised at what you find? Uh, well, I know that just when you think you can't be shocked, you, you can. We, we ran a story this week on a pastor who several years ago had been charged with trying to murder his wife along with his mistress. They, you know, oh collaborated together uh, to try and murder his wife. They mm. apparently got some poison while they're on a mission trip and tried to get it to his wife. And I don't know how it all came out exactly, but he, he pled guilty to a, a lesser charge. And now he's... Um, <laughs> The headline itself is too much. You know, pastor who tried to kill his wife is now planting a new church. I saw that. A new church. 50 people go to it. I mean, it's like, I, I'm still surprised. Yes. I mean, that one, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. But <laughs> um, but it, it happens. But when I look in scripture, like the Pharisees, they were not called out because of their orthodoxy, right? Mm-hmm. They were not called out because they were they were teaching bad doctrine. And what I see in, what, in so much of what I do is the same thing. Well, I've got people who say all the right words, right? They, they worship, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The orthopraxy, the actual right action based on your right doctrine is not there. And so you have the words not lining up. You have pastors talking about love and then trying to pressure, you know, abused women into taking back their abusers and then protecting their predator husbands. I mean, you have just these really perverse things of, of people talking about not enriching yourselves with ministry and then doing that exact thing that they say they're, you know, they're preaching against. Yes. They're against the rate, the hypocrisy has been with us forever. And it is hypocrisy. And interestingly, you know, I found out that the Greek word that hypocrisy is based on actually means actor. You know, I, I really don't know if these men are saved. I don't know how you can be saved and behave the way that they do, but they're good. It's like psychopathic. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> oh, it is. It's absolutely. There is no, absolutely no remorse and no feeling for the people they're harming. That's what I found. Yeah. And, and it's shocking to me that that is a scary human being who does not feel the wounding that they're inflicting on mm-hmm. people. I, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. So that's as old as the hills. The new American, which I think came in a lot with television um, and tele, you know, evangelist and and now radio and public platforms and social media and all of that. It's like hypocrisy, you know, on on crack cocaine. I mean, it's just yeah. It's no, I, I see that. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, you must be. Like, no, not him, or or how could that happen? Even a woman as well, how, how could that be? But we're talking with Julie Royce right now, and if you want to find out more information about her ministry or uh, investigative journalism, go to julieroys.com. Of course, it's the Royce Report. It's a Christian media outlet reporting the unvarnished truth about what's happening in the church or the Christian community so it can be reformed and restored. You're doing this great thing, and yet you're called a liar, a gossip monger. <laughs> uh, she's terrible, and plus, you're a woman. On top of that, does that can you not do this uh, being a woman? I mean, do they have to even go there? Uh, apparently, you can because I'm doing it. That's um, right. But actually, I have a I have a mug uh, in my office that was given to me by a buddy of mine who was for like two decades 
uh, with the Chicago Tribune as an investigative reporter. And and he called me up one day because there was this this insult somebody left on my uh, website. Uh, we Now we're a little bit more careful in moderating what gets out there uh, on the website, but it was a comment that was left and it, it called me a dingbat and a, a slander and a gossip. And then at the end it says, plus she's a B word. And um, he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> he actually got it printed, put it on a mug and sent it to me. And that's up on my office. So, I mean, I remember having a journalism professor who said, Julie, if you're not receiving any hate mail, then you're probably just not saying anything. Mm-hmm, right. So I'm making people mad and they're upset with me. But as, as I recall, uh, we follow somebody that made people really mad. And it said that people didn't like him because the darkness didn't like the light. That's and right. doesn't like to be exposed. So to me, when I get that kind of pushback, when I feel in my spirit and I and I know that I've I've just followed and pursued the truth, you know, I see that as an affirmation of what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going to upset some people. Some people are going to be angry, uh, but we're going to keep reporting the truth and we're not going to be deterred from it because people are trying to, you know, intimidate us not to do it. And if yeah. anything, bullies make me more angry and make me more determined. And so. what's that expression, the hounds of heaven? People have to be accountable. I mean, this is ridiculous. The kind of things... Uh, that we're talking about, and and I know that you mentioned, you know, on your blog and on your website that it's crazy, really, how people just keep on getting reinstated, and that uh, the disqualification. I mean, if you're playing a game like football or uh, soccer or anything, you can be disqualified, you can be ejected from the game, but somehow there's a way around that, and it doesn't even make sense. I'm sure it infuriates uh, other people as well. So I've just come on to uh, Colombo. Are there, and you know, and I'm, I'm kind of addicted to that show, but do you ever kind of find television programs where you can relate to some of the investigative journalism or are there any that kind of get it? You know, it's funny you bring up Columbo because I was just saying to my husband recently that sometimes when I'm, I'm questioning a source and you know how Columbo used to act like he was clueless Yes, and he'd be like, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure something out, and, <laughs> you know, and then, and then he'd like, I've got this fact, and, yeah. but then I've got this fact, and I, I'm just maybe I must be misunderstanding. You know how you often do it, and people yeah. would be very disarmed by that, and then they would, you know, spill the beans. And I was kind of laughing because I'm like, yeah, uh, I've done that before for sure. Wow, uh, with with questioning a source, and you just put the facts out there, and you and you ask them about them, and and uh, sometimes they dig their own hole. Yeah, that's a good show, Julie. Can I ask you what would you like to say to people listening who are suffering? Uh, they don't know where to turn. Uh, they have experienced uh, seeing scandal in their own church and so forth. You know, I just want you to speak directly to folks about that because a lot of people feel alone. Yeah. And I, I think the first thing I'd say is that if you see one thing that God gets upset with, whether you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's with those who are in power who are oppressing the vulnerable. That makes God really, really angry. And so I, the first thing I would say is God sees. He sees it. He's angry about it. I, I've said this before. I feel like his bowl of wrath is is full. Mm. What we're seeing with all of this stuff being exposed, it's because God's angry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's exposing these people. You know, I might be writing the stories, but he's exposing it. He brings us the sources. He gives them the, the, the courage to come forward and the impetus and all of that. But God sees. So, I mean, I would just encourage people. I know it was done. What was done to you was done to you in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, which is probably about the most insidious form of abuse is, is spiritual abuse. I've heard from so many people who are like, I could take being raped. What mm-hmm. I couldn't take were all of these Christian leaders I looked up to covering for the rapists. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. That's what I, I couldn't wrap my head around. I can wrap my head around one bad apple. What I can't wrap my head around is the way that the entire establishment, all these people that I thought were Christian leaders, turned out to be protectors of these predators. And so what is happening is evil. Yes. God will expose it. There will be justice, whether on this side of eternity or the next side of eternity. And the other thing I would say is that there is a community that wants to love you and embrace you. And I have I've come to know the survivor community. I love the survivor community. With with a few exceptions, I would say most everybody in there is, is just some really beautiful people who love well and want to care for other survivors. We do a conference. We just had one in October. We'll have another one probably spring of 2025 called Restore. The videos are all at our uh, our YouTube channel, which you should check out. I mean, they're, they're, they're just so powerful. But this is a conference where people come to me and they say, you know, I haven't worshiped in six years in a corporate setting. Mm. Like church doesn't feel safe to me. And they'll be like tears, you know, just streaming down their face to be in an environment where they're like, this is the first time I've done, I've engaged in corporate worship in years. I had some at the last Restore conference that took pictures of, and we always end with communion, of their communion cup and the bread, saying this is the first time in five years I've taken communion. And one said, I'm saving my little plastic cup because that's how meaningful this is to me, what God did during this conference. And so you, you are heard, God hears you. There's a community that loves you, that cares about you. And I hope you you find those resources and reach out for those resources that are there. And that's, we, we try to be a resource to people. The, the podcasts and the talks at Restore, I, I've just heard from so many people that it's been eye-opening for them just to know that they're not the only person and mm -hmm. to hear these stories and say like, oh my goodness, so, this happened to somebody else. And, and to hear that the very words that were used to shame them, to have that be named as spiritual abuse and to understand they don't need to feel guilty for that anymore. That wasn't you. That was your pastor vomiting all over you. Yeah. And it was his sin. It wasn't your sin. That's important for people. And so I hope they reach out. I hope they find uh, these resources that, that we've put out there. There's other organizations like Godly Response to Abuse in a Christian Environment, Grace, who likewise I consider real friends and colleagues and allies in this work who are doing that too. And, you know, people like Diane Langberg and uh, Scott McKnight, who wrote a book called A Church Called Tove. Um, wait, I'm waiting for your book to come out. I think you should write. You you got to get a book uh, on this uh, this subject, you know, or a movie or something. But I, with remaining moments, I was just going to say, you know, the whole idea for the body of Christ is to come out from darkness into light. You know, where you bring your sin out there so it can die, so Jesus can restore. And a lot of these pastors that are caught, they don't want to be restored uh, in the Lord. They want to be restored in some church, and they can keep doing what they're doing, but you know, to be restored in the body, that there's healing, to come clean. I mean, think about it. If they came clean with their sin and there was true repentance, and think about what that could do for them. You know, there's still time for repentance, but instead they keep running and running and kind of doing the same thing and hiding and getting mad at you and so forth, and they shouldn't. Uh, Julie Royce is our special guest. If you like what you're hearing, go to her website, julieroys.com. Check out her podcast, uh, YouTube videos. Uh, thank you so much. You're doing a, a wonderful job, and people should really appreciate you and not say bad things about you because you're helping the body of Christ. Thank you for being on the program. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. It's fun.
Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. Com. Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit realtraps.com.